You're listening to the Lompoc Foursquare Church Podcast. I want to talk to you today about the faithfulness of God. Huh. You ever get disappointed? Not you, last service. Uh, you ever have people say, you can count on me, and then the minute the going gets tough, they get going away from you? I want to tell you a story about a city. The desolation of the city was so complete that witnesses found it hard to blame human destructiveness. Large building and massive walls were toppled and scattered like toy blocks. Mangled bodies lay about under the sun. And amid the ruins, a broken man staggers his face bearing the empty expression of utter devastation. Now and then, the pain inside him wells up and breaks forth in uncontrollable sobs. Everything he has known is now gone. And of those who once made this city a place where their marriages and children and work would be lived out, only a handful managed to escape. This man would write a letter to those survivors a letter that's mostly about God, and at one point, the writer's words turn personal, and he describes his grief. A copy of that letter was preserved by some of those who received it, and the words tell the inner story of someone trying to make sense of tragedy and loss. And we find these words in Lamentations chapter 3. And as we look at the Bible of Lamentations chapter 3, it says that I've been deprived of peace. I've forgotten that prosperity is. So I say, my splendor is gone and all that I had hoped from the Lord. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them and my soul is downcast within me. My soul is downcast within me. And if you read the entire Lamentations chapter 3, you would hear the words of the prophet Jeremiah and his crushed soul. You would detect that he's a believer who made his faith in God and his belief in God known, and every time he told people about his faith in God, he was ridiculed for it. But he's skilled with his word pictures, and he's brutally honest. And if you're an honest person and you like people who declare reality, you would like the book of Lamentations, which is long for lament. Think about Jeremiah for a moment. He is a prophet of God. What an honor to be called God's mouthpiece, because that's what prophets did. They spoke for the Lord. The Holy Spirit gave them words to speak, and they would prophesy those words. They would talk about the future, or they would talk about current reality with the truth of God on it. And he's skilled as he writes these words. This, this is a person who believes in God, but now desolation is around him. He's depressed. He's downcast. He's lost his hope. But then at the end of this chapter, as he's pouring out his sorrow and his anger and his broken soul, I want to say it again, broken soul. 
He stops in verse 21 and 24. He said, yet this will I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. Around in the city is laying in ruin. Buildings have toppled over. Walls are gone. But yet, Lord, we're not consumed. And then listen to what he says. His compassions never fail. God is faithful to be compassionate. They are new every morning. Great, great, would you read it? Is your faithfulness. And I say to myself, you ever talk to yourself? You do all the time. Psychologists call it self-talk. It's a fancy word for talking to yourself. We say things that aren't true. I'm not as pretty as her. I'm not as handsome as him. I'm not as smart as them. We don't have what they have. How come other people get and I don't get? How come they don't have to wait in line and I do? God, God, do you really care about me? Huh? We start to tell ourselves, no, he doesn't care. See, Jeremiah had every reason to say, God doesn't care. This is so devastating. This city is destroyed. Everything around me is gone. But yet he says, the Lord is my portion. I say to myself, see, some of us need to start talking to ourselves, but saying the right things. Not things like, I'll never amount to anything, or my problem, or my struggles, or my addictions will be with me forever. Notice what Jeremiah said. The Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. But I love this line. The compassions of God, the mercies of God are new every morning. I wake up in the morning and I can say, you know what, Lord? Whatever was yesterday is yesterday. Today is a new day. And people go, oh, that's, that's positive thinking. That's all that is. No, 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 no. See, see, positive thinking on its own is a bunch of hype. But when it's connected to God and his power, it gives us hope. You can have hype or hope. Which one do you want? See, my hope is in the Lord, the psalmist says. And so he talks to himself and he says, the Lord is my portion. Everything he has done is new and fresh for me each day. And that's why you can fill this down because I know some of you have been waiting to take notes. You waited all week. <laughs> the God I wish you knew is faithful. No matter what's going on in your life, no matter what stress issues, health issues, finance issues, relationship issues, deep pain and hurt, loss of a loved one, shattered dreams, God's steadfast love is for you and it will never end because that's who he is. Every morning ends the night. God's mercies are new every morning because some of us have what's called hangover. I said in the last service, they chuckled, so you guys are a little slow. No, we don't have hangover. I'm not talking about just alcohol hangover. I'm talking about the hangover of yesterday's guilt and shame, right? And so in the morning, what happens? God's mercy meets us in the middle of the hangover of yesterday, the leftovers of yesterday. And some of your yesterdays go back 10 years. Come on, 15 years. I looked up a definition of faithfulness and I, I found this one. It is someone who keeps a promise over a long period of time. Someone who keeps a promise 
over a long period of time. So real, real quick, if you're married in here, how many have been married 10 years or more? Come on, 10 years. 20? 30? 40? My hand's up too. Come on, 40? Yeah, and she still loves me, 40. 50? Anybody 50? 5 The young crowd, the first service. 60? Anybody 60? You've been married 60 years? Hallelujah. Yeah, why don't you take her to lunch and interview her? I got some young couples that need to talk to you. Yeah, yeah. And so one thing we learn about people who have been married a long time, I've got a picture of this couple. This is Claude and Yvette Arrington. They've only been married 76 years. And, um, and they're 40. No, no, they're, they're in their 90s. And uh, as I read their story, by the way, somebody at 8 o'clock service thought she was praying the rosary. She's actually stringing beads um, that they, they, they give away to uh, people at the convalescent center, little necklaces and such and jewelry. And look how intently he's looking at what she's doing. Or he's thinking about the ball game that he's missing or something. <laughs> but uh, as I read their story, they, they talked about the fact that they had a deep faith in God, that every day they found a tangible way to share their love for each other, something tangibly to express, not just I love you, but something tangible, a note, a card, a flower, something. They never went to bed angry. The Bible says don't go to sleep angry. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. And uh, they prayed together, and here, here's what they said. We stood in a cathedral one day and made promises before God and the witnesses for richer, for poorer, for better, for worser, right? Uh, till death, it was part. We made a faithful commitment. See, faithfulness is someone who keeps a promise over a long period of time. Well, let me tell you about a long period of time. Deuteronomy 7, Moses writes this, understand therefore that the Lord your God is indeed God. He is the the faithful God. See, that was important because in Moses' time, lots of people were making gods. Even the followers of the Lord, the children of Israel, would, would conquer an enemy and end up, just this is, this is crazy to think about, worshiping the God of their enemies. That's why God says, don't have an image of me. Don't, don't try to create an idol that looks like me. And so Moses is very specific. This is the faithful God who keeps his covenant for how many generations? A thousand generations. So if you ask Google, or as I like to call it, googly, uh, how long is a generation? Google will tell you 25.5 years is one generation. That's the average. So that would mean 25 and a half thousand years. Think about it. God is faithful 25 and a half thousand years. All I know is that's a long time. Now, somebody's going to say, well, what's going to happen to the 26,000th generation? You know, they're going to come up short. See, that's the wrong kind of self-talk. We, we know this is not literal. It's, it's figurative. Deuteronomy just pulls a, a number out of the sky like, this is going to go on for 25,000 years. 
God is faithful all the time, and his faithfulness will never run out. Psalm 100 says it a little differently. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise the name for the Lord is, come on, and his love, his faithfulness continues through all generations. So the psalmist doesn't say 25 and a half thousand. He just says, as long as there's people, God will be faithful. And I love what uh, Paul tells Timothy, if we died with him, we also live with him. This is people who believe in Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. Because when you believe in Jesus and you confess him as Lord, he allows you spiritually to die with him and to rise again. We signify that in, in baptism, that we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, isn't this good? He will not what? Disown us. If we are faithless, he will... Yeah, you don't need to respond, but you ever been faithless? Ever woke up one day and said, I don't believe? Ever been faithless? In other words, you've not been faithful because you didn't keep your promise to someone or something? I would venture a guess by now, as we're almost rounding the curve to April, most of your resolutions from January 1 <laughs> have been forgotten. Huh? Yeah, I'm going to get up every day and work out every, every, every day. Well, three days a week. I read some articles that says no more than three days. I'm going to do the, the, the two-hand push away from the table. <laughs> and by now, most resolutions are gone, and we've become faithless to what we said we would do, but God is faithful in all things. The God I wish you knew cannot disown or deny his character. He won't. His nature is to be faithful. We can trust him. Now, I'm going to tell you something now that I will tell you again at the end of the message, that the single greatest gift you can give to any person is to introduce them to the God that loves them. That's the single greatest gift you can, well, you teach a man how to fish, he has fish for life. Yeah, yeah, okay, well, that's, that's, that's a good thing too. But the greatest thing is when you and I begin to tell the story of the faithfulness of God to people, that we begin to tell people the story that introduces them to the God that loves them, because God loves every human being. His love is faithful. He said, I will love you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Malachi 3.6, I, the Lord, do not change. And that's good news because lots of things change in life. Lots of things change in Santa Barbara County all the time. Um, Uncle Sam makes things change where wonderful people from the Air Force are a part of our congregation and other branches of military as well that are stationed at Vandenberg. And then Uncle Sam decides to mess with our plans. Our plans to keep them forever. And they move. That's change. Kids grow up. That's called change. Um, when you're little and you're, and, you're, and you're young, you're totally dependent on your parents. But later on, you get some independence, right? Uh, Parents, if you remember when you first brought the first child home, it was like, oh my God, what do we do? And you read all these books, and hopefully you had somebody come help you, and just about the time you got the, the, the feeding schedule down, and 
And then this wonderful thing called potty training. Hallelujah. It's about the time you, you figured out what it is to raise a toddler. They become a pre-adolescent. And about the time that you start figuring that out, they become this alien creature called a teenager. And they appear one day and you go, who are you? Who brought you here? Who created you? And they're so smart, they know everything there is to know. When they're 13, 14, 15, well, when they're 16, they're brilliant. There's nothing else they can learn. Come on, is that true? 17, 18, yeah, nothing else they can learn. And just about that, that time that you've figured it all out, they're, they're driving or they're getting a job, they may be going away to college, and you're trying to go, what, what, what happened? Well, let me fast forward. Then something happens. If you're blessed like we are to be grandparents, it's a wonderful experience. But something has happened. Your body and your joints and your muscles and your quickness has changed. And then the parents of your grandbabies want you to watch them. <laughs> and as one grandma told me, the true story, she said, I finally had to tell my, my daughter that I'm not a 24-7 babysitting service. And I said, well, why? Why would you not want to watch your kids all the time? And, and she said, because when I get down there to work with them, I can't get back up. <laughs> Things don't work like they used to. And I've got uh, twinges in the hinges and, you know. It's funny how we are made to change. But God, in the midst of all that, says, I do not change. And even if we blow it, our conduct will not change God's character. Because even when we are without faith, they're not here now, but anyway, when we're, when we're without faith, God is faithful. Now, Mark Buchanan writes that faithfulness is by definition the predictable, the habitual, the sturdy, the routine. It's the evidence of things seen, but seen so often that we've grown blind to them. And in this quote that's on the screen, faithfulness is one divine characteristic that we rest on so completely that our rest has become apathy. I would venture a guess that none of you this morning ran outside your house, outside your condo, outside your mobile home, wherever it is that you live, and said, the sun is up. Look. In all its brilliance, the sun, the sun is up. Well, folks, the sun came up this morning because of the faithfulness of God and the way he ordered his creation. But we've seen the sun so many times, big deal. Well, it is a big deal. If the sun didn't come up this morning, we all got a problem. And some of you go, whoa, what are we going to do? How are we going to handle it, you know? I'll never forget, um, two years ago, we had a problem with PG&E, and, and one of their power lines fell on one of the electric lines, and a lot of our city was without power. So I, I went and volunteered at the police station to answer phones, not 911 calls. I'm not trained, but I answered this, the, the non-emergency line. Lompoc police, we know, the fi we know the power is out. Oh, you do? Can you tell me when my cable will come back on? I, we don't have that info. They didn't even care about the power. They just wanted their cable back on, you know? And the one, one question I got was hilarious. Um, sir, are you a policeman? I said, no, I'm just a volunteer. Can you tell me how long my meat will stay frozen in my freezer? 
I said, I don't know, ma'am. Well, I opened the, don't open the door, I said to her, right? That's, would you tell her that, that same thing? But people were freaking out. I mean, I, no, no, no joke. Just my little desk where I was seated, I handed over 300 calls just from one little desk. People said, you know the power's out? You know, yeah, it's, we, we, know, we, know it's, we know it's out. People were freaking out. People were going outside their houses. What do we do? We don't know how to handle it. Could you imagine if the sun didn't rise today? But we took it for granted. Matter of fact, no one got up this morning and took a breath and said, wow, there's air for my lungs. Ooh, that air shapes every word that I speak. Oh, it's so cool. Air, yeah. Oh, well, if I do this, the air magically moves. Isn't that cool? Wow. Y'all should try this. It's great. Some of you need this. You've already fallen asleep. Come on. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. We can take God so much for granted that pretty soon we become apathetic. Ah, just another day, Lord. Just another. God? God, you're watching us? Not like the old song said, from a distance. No, he's not. He's right here with you. Sorry, Bet. He's right here with you. A.W. Tozer said all of God's acts are consistent with all of his attributes. No attribute contradicts any other, but all harmonize and blend with each other. As we've been talking about the God I wish you knew, the God who accepts us as we are, the God who loves us, the God who is holy, the God who is our refuge, the God who is our strength, and all of those blend together in one beautiful tapestry because God is faithful. Psalm 136.1 says, praise the Lord, he is good. His love never fails. Somebody needs that verse today. His love never fails. And don't have bad self-talk. His love never fails. That's right, he loves everybody else. No, he loves me too. He watched you sleep last night. His eye was on you. He thinks you're a big deal. He actually likes hanging out with you. Other people may not, but he does. He, he likes hanging out with you. And number two is creation displays the faithfulness of God. The faithfulness of God. Psalm 119, 89 and 90 says, Your word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the where? In the heavens. Your faithfulness continues through all Generations, not, not 25.5 thousand, but all generations, you establish the earth and it endures. God, it's your word. Listen, it's not my word, folks. It's not Bernie's word. You know, it's, it's, it's not Billy Graham's word because he's now with Jesus. It's not Greg Laurie's word. It's, it's, it's not Donald Trump's word. Sorry. You know? Well, I, 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 no. The greatest word of all is the word of God. It's God's word. He supersedes any person, anything. And his word, look, his word stands firm in the heavens. No one else's word stands firm there. Your love, Lord, reaches to the heavens, Psalm 36, 5. Your faithfulness, where? To, to the skies. If we had all day, we would love to go like online to all these cool Sites where the Hubble telescope displays images. We could look at stars. We, we, we could look at the creation of God. I mean, it's incredible. The northern sky. I mean, isn't that beautiful? 
And it doesn't do it just, oh, by the way, that whale woke up that morning and said, you know what? There's going to be some tourists today in a boat. And they're going to come out to near the Channel Islands, and, 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 and I'm going to make sure they have their cameras right, and I'll get my good side, the side without a lot of barnacles. No, no, God created that whale with an ability to leap and to jump out. That's the creation of God. It's just amazing. And then we've got this eagle that flies. He's looking at you. Yeah. Now, some of you went, oh, I, I heard. But if that was your kid, <laughs> your awe would be a little louder. Or if that was your grandchild. Look at that. That's the handiwork of God. You know what that is? That's the Milky Way right there. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a creation of God. That's just Milky Way. All right. All right. I challenge you to, to next time you, you just think that God is small, that his love for you is small, just go online and look at some of the creation that he's made. The waterfalls, the snow-capped mountains. When you look at just the, the beauty of, of a child being born and taking their first steps, Mom and dad are saying, look, look, look. And God's saying, look what I did. Now the father is saying, look what I did. <laughs> the mom is saying, look what I did. And God's saying, yeah, but I did it before you did it. <laughs> I created that child before the foundation. Listen, before the foundation of the world, the Bible says, I knew that baby. Wow. That's the value of life, folks. And some people will try to minimize the value of life. Some people will talk it away. Some people will even abort it away. But the beauty is every human being has intrinsic value to God. God's words are faithful and true, and he gets the last word. I'm so glad for that. 2 Corinthians uh, 1 says, Whatever God has promised gets stamped with the yes of Jesus. In him, this is what we preach and pray, the great amen, God's yes and our yes together, gloriously evident. God affirms us, making us a sure thing in Christ, putting his yes within us. I love this. By his spirit, he stamped us with the eternal pledge or his faithfulness, a sure beginning of what he is destined to complete. Uh, the word yes has... It's significance because it's a word we use a lot. It's the word amen. It comes from the Hebrew word emet, E-M-E-T, emet, emet, emet. You know when you say amen, you're actually saying this, that's true. Lord, every word you've spoken is true, and you've placed your word upon us and upon our lives. Isaiah 55 says that every word that God speaks will accomplish Exactly what he wants it to accomplish. Like when the rain comes down in the ground and causes the ground to be wet, causes the seeds to receive moisture so they can grow and it will achieve whatever God has accomplished for it. And that same Jeremiah earlier who was lamenting and saying, God, great is your faithfulness. Later on in a very familiar verse in chapter 29, verse 11, he would say, God has plans for you. You know, in the midst of Babylonian captivity, Israel was held captive for 70 years, 7-0. And God says to the prophet Jeremiah, 
God has plans for you, declares the Lord. Plans for hope and a future. And when you're looking at the rubble of your life, you could say, wait a minute, it doesn't look like much future here. Listen, don't let the rubble and the ruin around you determine your theology that God doesn't have a plan for you. God always has a great plan for you and a significant plan. And the last thing is the God I wish you knew is is faithful for your future and for eternity. I I love this this verse, uh, Philippians 2.13. It says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. So as you walk with the Lord, God starts putting His desires in your heart. And the psalm says the Lord will give you the desires of your heart. Now some t- people take that to mean that God's going to give us whatever we want. I like it the other way. God, I want you to put your desires in my heart so I'll want what you want. All right? You see it that way? I want what you want. And that God is going to work, as, as Paul's telling this church in Philippi, I, I want God to work in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him, that God's desire is inside of us. Because He's so faithful, He'll put that desire in us and then give us the power to do what He's asked us to do. Uh, the word where it says um, power and the word where it says working, see, God is working His power inside of you. And the word working is the word in the Greek where we get energy from. God is using his energy and his power to empower you to desire what he wants and then give you the power to do it. So as I end today, I would love to take you all to lunch and we're all going to go to your house. And, uh, <laughs> but, but, it, but if we could, I would pick up a chair and, and we just have a little talk. You know, I, I wouldn't preach, we would just talk. And I would ask you some questions, like a good life coach. And here's what I would ask you. Where do you need to reconnect with the faithfulness of God? Where have you stopped believing that God is faithful for you in your future? And then I would ask you this. Where are you fearful about doing things God has asked you to do? Because the, the, the scripture we just read in Philippians tells us that, that this God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to, to do what pleases him. So where, where in your life are you fearful of doing what God has asked you to do? Maybe it's to serve him and you haven't served him before. Maybe it's to, to, to love somebody in a brand new way and you're afraid of being rejected, but God's asking you to love and, and serve someone, maybe, maybe close to you in your own family or maybe a friend, but you're fearful. But, but here's the thing. If God's put that on your heart, don't be afraid because he's faithful. He's faithful. A lot of people are, are risk averse. Risk averse. I want to risk. I just like life comfortable and, you know. And you know what we call that? That's, that's like being, being, being petrified, galvanized. I'm just, I don't want to do it. Oh, no. reach out. No, but God wants to use you. But he can only use you, catch this, if you believe he's faithful. So if you give yourself away and you, you believe that God's faithful, God's going to fill you up again. If you trust God with your finances, I, I know many of you 
uh, believe in tithes and offerings to the Lord. You give your finances. When that plate comes by, you, you, you're tithing. Thank you for that. But, but God says thank you too. You know why? Because he can be faithful. The Bible says if you give unto him, he will take care of you. Well, I can't. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Some, some guy I know, he gives 10% of his income to God's work. I mean, I could, never, I could never believe that. I could never trust that. Well, if you believe and trust in God, he's faithful. We would have stories in here, and we do, of how God has been faithful and good to people over the years. They put God first with their finances. Other people serve their neighbor. They take care of people, and then they watch how God takes care of them. Other people are loving not only their kids, but other people's kids, and God is filling them and making a difference in their lives. I could, if we were sitting at a table, just ask you a bunch of questions like that. Where are you afraid to give yourself away? Because if you give your life away for God, He will fill you again. You can't outgive Him. He'll just keep blessing you and filling you and strengthening you. Where are you living in ways that don't allow God to be faithful? I ask myself this question all the time. What am I doing right now in my life that if God doesn't show up with his power and his strength, I will fail? That's a good question. Is there something I'm doing in my life that if God doesn't show up, because there's a lot of things you can do. You're competent and capable. A lot of you are so smart. You have skills and talents. But what are you doing with your life right now that if God did not show up, you'd be destined to fail? And that's where we say, God, great is your faithfulness to me. Your mercies are new and fresh every morning. I really need, I rely on you today to strengthen me. And last but not least, it's a repeat. I know I'm repeating myself. The greatest gift you will give somebody else is to introduce them to the God who loves them. And I'll tell you, if you start to share your story with people, People who are hungry for God will listen. But let me give you a way to do that in the last 30 seconds before we pray. Tell them this. Pastor Bernie has been in this series now for 10 weeks. God, I wish you knew. So at our church, we've been learning about the God I wish you knew. I guess the guy only knows like one series. He doesn't have any other. He just 10 weeks, you know. By the way, next week, Wayne Cadero is going to finish our series. 11 weeks, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. Use me as your scapegoat. Say, the guy just had this series and he wouldn't stop talking about God. But if you'd ever like to hear about what I learned, I'd be more than happy to share it with you. You watch what happens. People will, people will respond. Now, if you get in there and say, let me tell you about God. He's your refuge. and strength. People, they'll... they'll but if you just lovingly say to them, hey, we've been learning about God at our church. If you ever want to talk about the God I wish you knew, I'd be happy to have that conversation. Watch what God does. Watch what God does. Thank you for listening to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. To find out more about Lompoc Foursquare Church or to watch us live online, please visit mylfc.com.